I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. All right, today Mango Droplet is going to be sharing her amazing trip to Florida. Captain Influence is going to be talking about Avengers. Not for the entire show, thankfully, just only for 100% of it. Seven Blue Seven has some neat stuff to encourage us with. And we're going to discuss whether or not Thanos killed you. Two of us are dead. Two of us are alive. But it really doesn't matter because we are ready to jive. Let's rock it. All right, so the uh, does this does this music like make you want to go out and you know like do something headbang 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 yeah. does it headbang it, of course it, it, it makes me want to go see Avengers again <laughs> really oh yeah oh so you really I mean, liked I Avengers I want to go to another concert personally <laughs> oh a concert? Con- yeah con- as long as you know as long as they don't turn it up so loud that you have permanent tinnitus even with negative 25 decibel earplugs why do bars and why do music concert places like go so loud that you feel like you're gonna like when you leave the place all you hear is just buzzing am i just getting old or just never skip the getting old phase like i've always felt like all bars always play music far too loudly no this is not necessarily an old thing i can tell you that the decibels have gone up because i have never liked super loud stuff even when I was a kid and going to concerts but they were never that loud I remember okay. my negative 25 well it's funny because I, I got musicians earplugs and they gave me you know a negative 15 and a negative 25 decibel and you know this was years ago and at the time they said you'll never need more than negative 25 because they're not allowed to go higher than a certain amount so it won't cause damage but now I guess they've changed that and so the negative 25 did not prevent me now from permanent ringing so thanks, Chodes. Uh, Seriously, I think we should just all invest in hearing aids for the future, and <laughs> we'll be set for life. Well, see, some of us are past bar hopping days, Mango. What I about, don't. What about concert do days? Yeah, no. I'm past concert days. Yeah, you are too. Yeah. But I, you know what? To be honest, I I've been to several concerts in my life. Uh, all at least ten years ago was the last one, but. Um, none of them were what I would consider too loud. Yeah. I don't know if I've talked about this, but I actually don't really go bar hopping or drinking all too much because I have something called aldehyde dehydrogenase sufficiency, which AKA is known as Asian glow. Lily. And um, <laughs> I end up getting basically the symptoms of a hangover yeah. within minutes. Wow. And by the time oh. I get over it, I end up taking <laughs> care of everyone. Like I tried to drink to like be a part of the group. I just, it just felt like terrible. I went to somebody's room and like napped. And by the time I woke up, everybody else was just like puking in all the toilets and I was uh, taking care of everyone. Uh, so it just like, I, I get proxy drunk. Otherwise I will just, you know, let other people drink. I will <laughs> happily get them drinking. I'll be the first person to be like screaming shots and, and playing beer pong. But like whoever's my partner will be the one drinking for me. And I'm really sorry, but that is life. <laughs> no, I, Hey, I get it. I, yeah, I was never into that scene personally. Hey, Mango, could you say that disorder slower, please? I didn't quite catch that. <laughs> All I heard was no, I'm, I'm dead serious, you yeah. guys. Corbin Dallas. I, I don't even know what you said. Aldehyde dehydrogenase deficiency 
AKA Asian glow. Why is it called Asian glow? Because part of the symptoms that you get is like that flushing. So whenever you see Asians and you're like, oh, you lit up like a Christmas tree. I know you drink. That's like the Asian glow that you see. And then the other symptoms you can also get with it, depending on how, how much of the enzyme you don't have or how little the enzyme you have means it's like correlating to how badly of symptoms you get so for me i have virtually almost none of the enzyme so i'll like get that glow really badly i'll start on my trunk and like go up to my face uh, and then my eyes will get red and then i'll get like palpitations in my throat and feel like my throat is closing up i'll get a headache i'll feel like the world is like closing in on me it's just no nobody knows is that so is that like after just one beer or do you have to drink Um, my limit is maybe like one shot, maybe, or like half a drink. Usually I'll be like, guys, I can't order a drink. You order a drink. I'll sip from it maybe a little bit if I feel like I want to taste it. But otherwise, it kind of sucks. So you're yeah. just the eternal DD then? I am the eternal DD and I'm okay with that because yeah. then, you know, people will buy me other drinks, yeah. non-alcoholic drinks. I am a sucker for frozen slushies and things. Like virgin <laughs> daiquiris and stuff? Yeah, or you can get me like an appetizer. I will be happy yeah. with this appetizer. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? If it's a good place, for example, some of those times they'll make some really good virgin drinks that are actually made from scratch and usually very creative and very tasty. Yeah. So, you know, they do exist. Or, you know, I enjoy trying people's drinks. I just don't want a full drink. Sure. You know? So shots of vodka are, are totally out. Before I knew <laughs> I had like this whole... Asian glow disorder thing. Yeah. Everybody was always like, nah, nah, you just got to drink more and get over that. Oh, and then you'll feel good. Like, that's what everybody said. And during first year of college, you're living in the dorms. And I'm like, okay, guys, I really got to, I got to get over this hump. Because otherwise it was, it was always like a few sips. And I was like, oh, I'm not feeling good. I'm going to stop. Listen to your body and all that. We were all in like a college room with like those red cups and a, and a handle of vodka as college students are wont to do. And I had one shot was feeling okay immediately afterwards and was like, maybe I should try another. Ended up doing like five or six Ugh. shots in the span of 30 minutes. Oh, um, oh, oh. oh God, I've never, oh, <laughs> that is I'm, one way to I'm make I'm glad sense. you're still alive. I know, right? So I all I remember of that night was just like in so much pain, I couldn't sleep. I remember running to the bathroom, puking there, trying to stumble back to the bed getting one of those trash cans and trying to puke into that and just the whole time feeling like why does anybody ever drink this sucks i want to die um oh man so yeah i've I've tried it It doesn't work so well cool story bro now you know now you know the funny thing is they hypothesize that this disorder came about because like my super ancestors, like old, old ancestors, they were alcoholics to such an nth degree. Like, you know, Koreans are kind of known as alcoholics. Mm-hmm. There were such alcoholics that there was like a genetic choice or rebellion. Yeah. No, no, no. Like natural selection <laughs> chose for the individuals that had this aldehyde dehydrogenase deficiency so that it would choose for the folks who weren't alcoholics and like through natural selection kind of came to be there were too much of alcoholics that were like detrimental society and they were dying earlier and not having kids <laughs> oh, so really right you can blame it on my super duper alcoholic thousands of years old ancestors for the reason why i can't drink <laughs> interesting take a shot should, mm-hmm. should you say a blame it or should you say thank you i don't know 
with all like the rise in these craft breweries, I feel like I might be missing out. But on the other hand, I have friends who say that they're thankful for craft breweries because it's it's, it's now like the in or posh way of covering up their alcoholism. So who knows? Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, it, oh, there you go. So you're saving money and you're saving a beer gut, which I don't know it's, if women get beer guts as much, but. Oh, they absolutely do. Okay, then. Yeah, <laughs> So there you go. Look at that. You're yeah. going to keep your figure and you're going to save some money. The more you know. That's. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we can talk about my trip, but like speaking of beer money. So I was in Florida. We kind of were talking about that. We kind of mentioned this. Yeah. Um, Good my segue, favorite, by the way. Go ahead. You know, right? Did, did you my see Mike? Favorite, I did not see Mike. What? We emailed him. We chatted once and then he like ditched me and never said hi again. Oh, was he, was was he scared? Have to. Was he scared to so. see you? Yeah. I don't know. He just no. got intimidated. Who knows? You know, I really wanted to like meet a real, real life imagineer. A real man. A real man. I'm a real man. <laughs> I'm a real man. So I got a three day pass to Disney World. Uh-huh. I went to Magic Kingdom, mm-hmm. Animal Kingdom, mm-hmm. and Epcot. And while I love rides and everything, I know I'm an adult because I loved Epcot the most. Like I did the whole go to the world places and go to all the little tiny shops and get one of those cool, fun little eatery things. Like yeah. one of my favorite dishes were scallops and lamb or something. I was noticing that like the alcoholic drink that you could get in conjunction with like the little meals, the alcoholic drinks would be two times the cost of one of those little entrees. And I'm like, man, it's really expensive if you decide you want to drink around Epcot. It's like $14 for this little cup of oh my gosh mixed drink or something. Of course. Yeah. Ooh. I got to be super happy and have tons of delicious things in my mouth without breaking my wallet. As <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> Say that slow. <laughs> you, you were super, super, ha- super yeah, happy. <laughs> so what was your favorite part besides, you know, all the delicious things in your mouth? Eating uh, <laughs> delicious things in my mouth. Because I'm from SoCal. I've been to Disneyland multiple times. I got that like one pass last year for SoCal folks where it's like $150 for three days at Disneyland. Did tons of fun. Mm. Um, Magic Kingdom, I'd say, is a lot. It's awesome. It feels more spread out and kind of more uh, immersive in that way a little bit. Like there's more land to explore. Hmm. But they're both great. And then I also went to Harry Potter well, Universal Studios, but Good. really just for Harry Potter. <laughs> Let's be honest. Did here. you get to spend a whole day there? Yeah, so I did a whole day at Universal as well, and they have the two parks, the Universal and the Islands of Adventure. The only reason I got the two park pass for one day is so that I could ride the Hogsmeade train between the Harry Potter. Nice. Well, Sweet. Nice. Uh, Hogsmeade train was actually very disappointing. Really? Um, meh. It's a train, but the window you look out of is, is like an LCD screen. And you, oh. Yeah. Not even a real journey, really. No, not really. Oh. Uh, it's just their way of like up selling you going to the two different parks. Uh, I did say, so here in SoCal, in Hollywood, they have a little bit of Diagon Alley, like Ollivander's, but otherwise it's mostly Hogsmeade. And so in Florida, they have Hogsmeade in the original Universal Park, and then in Islands of Adventure, they have Diagon Alley. And I must say, Diagon Alley is like my favorite of all the Harry Potter lands. And they don't have this in SoCal, so I definitely appreciated that. That was probably my favorite bit of Florida, if you're going to talk about like theme parks. I had a lot of fun no matter where I went. Uh, the other fun thing I did with like Disney, well, actually, both Universal and Disney World. Universal, we like virtually did not wait in any lines because we went on like a Tuesday or something. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, so the longest line we had to wait in was like 20 minutes or something for 
Actually, not even that. I don't remember. It was it, like we had virtually no lines. It was great. We just kind of ran in. I went on a couple rides twice. And then for Disney World, yes, there are more lines, but we like finagled the fast pass system. So nice. like, we worked it out and basically never had to wait any other lines either. We got like fast passes for everything ever. So that was a lot of fun. So that's the way to go is to get the fast pass, basically. Yeah, so like basically the way to do it is you're technically only, only allowed three fast passes at it for the day. You can only book three, but if you use the oh. online app, once you use all three, you can continue to get a fast pass oh. one at a time. And okay. the thing is, is once you buzz yourself into a fast pass, you can then alter the rest of your fast passes to move them up because the way that fast passes work is you're only supposed to have one per hour. I'm getting into the weeds now, but basically it's awesome. Look it up. There's cool okay. ways to avoid having to wait in all the lines at Disney World. And we went on virtually every ride without lines. And it was tons of fun. Nice. But that's good to know because I feel like, you know, the, the one reason that I don't want to go to Disneyland or World is because I don't want to stand in lines forever and then get on three rides. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. No, we went on all the rides. And like the thing is, some of the lines were like two hour long wait. And we're like, mm-hmm. we're not we're not doing that. So we got fast sure. passes. It was great. That's yeah. great. So, also, so that, lets and- you, that lets you cut in front of all those people waiting in line. Yeah, it's nice. Wow. Ah. Yeah, Pandora guys. Land, like the Avatar Land at Disney's Animal Kingdom, was yeah. actually also my other like favorite part of my trip because it's so beautiful at night when it lights up. With the but the question light. we're all wondering, Anna, is yes. did you get to stroke the special plants that squirt stuff at you? No squirting, but I did stroke. Okay, uh, that uh, is one of the most disturbing things that they have done uh and it is real as you know <laughs> and it's like really <laughs> I, know, right? I didn't know that they squirted though i just knew that like you can if you stroke them they'll light up in certain ways or make little roars i didn't know oh, they squir- squirted i well, apparently found the wrong tree no no there, there's a special plant there that you know roars or uh as it sounds like moaning and then it shoots steam oh. and then squirts water out at people oh yeah wow i am not I, I definitely missed out no, I don't, I'm not yeah, sure you did, just, actually. That's that's almost bizarre world stuff it, right there. It, and it's James Cameron. He's the one who actually came up with that thing. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, this is fantastic. And yeah. it's not even in the movie. I know. Like, why? <laughs> why? It's bad. It's bad. But um, well, so did, I should have solicited tips from you guys before I went to Florida. <laughs> Dang, I feel like I've really never missed. been there, though. I've just only, you know, we've heard from Mike what to see and what not to see kind of thing. But did the wand choose you? The Ollivander's wand? Yes. No, they did not choose me. It's because they always choose the little kids who are dressed up. Oh, you got jacked. I know. <sighs> well, it's like I got killed yeah. by Thanos. Oh. And I didn't. Okay, wait, hold up, hold up, guys. If you want to know if you got killed up, killed by Thanos or not, you have to go to didthanoskill.me. Yes. And then you can see. Yep. Yes, and he'll have a link in the show notes. Yep. But we all did it before the show and found out that two of us died, two of us lived. I live. Which is exactly yeah. how it should have been. Thanos kills half of the people. That's yeah. true. Yeah, you you, know you two perfect. lived and seven blue seven and I died. Yes. For, the good, of the For the good of the universe. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is, is not cool. I disagree, but we'll get into that later. Should we, should we talk about this Let's now? Do it. All right. So yeah, first right of here. all, before we go any further though, thank you. Seven blue seven, you know, you and Johnny pistol shot last week talked some nice non spoilery comments on Avengers, which I appreciate this week though. Spoilers are are coming, so if you do not want to be spoiled, then, you know, fast forward a little bit here on the episode and then, you know, go from there. But before we go any further, I want to play Green Butterfly's feedback on this because she sent this in to me and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that I spoiled it. I'm like, no, thankfully you sent it right after I saw it. So we're good. So yes, (laughs) let's hear her stuff because I think she liked it a lot. Hi, Brian. Thank you. This is your Iron Sky Green Butterfly. 
boy, oh boy, did I love Infinity War. I was wondering if with all those characters it would feel very bogged down and the story would just be too dense and the movie too long. But at 2 hours and 36 minutes, I never looked at my watch once. Not even once. And I thought it was a really smart decision that they split the characters up into smaller groups. Then we bounced around checking on each one. It reminded me very much of Lord of the Rings. The way that that had a big cast and we had to jump around and get pieces of the story from each set of characters who had unique missions. The same could be said for this film. I also like that they chose to show that there are consequences and the heroes don't always win automatically every time. Boy, oh boy, is this going to be a long wait, waiting for the yet untitled Avengers 4. But I know that we'll have lots of great discussions between now and then on The Real Brian Show to keep us busy while we wait. This movie gets 9 out of 10, even though Doctor Strange only sees one possibility for our heroes to win. Why didn't it get a 10? The reason why this film did not receive a 10 is they achieved an epic cliffhanger and they're making us wait a complete year. (laughs) All year! This is not fair. But at least I get to spend it with you guys. Have a super week. Green Butterfly out. Now, Green Butterfly also just recently returned from the magical kingdoms of Florida as well. And so we're going to have her on to talk about her experience. So it's good that you're talking about this as well. Why didn't we talk about it together? Why did you make me talk about it now then? Well, because I didn't even like think about this until right now. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to bring her on to talk about her experience. But it's cool because then it's like, you know, double the pleasure. Okay. Oh, speaking of the MCU universe, it seems like I can only be on the episodes where we do spoilery talk, but I'm okay with that because (laughs) I like, I like that. Yeah, I absolutely loved it too. Like finally MCU getting really dark and dirty. They're doing a better job with their villains. Yay. Bravo. I flipped out over this movie. (laughs) I expected to like it, but, and and I, and I like the original Avengers by Joss Whedon a lot, but I was no, 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 no. I mean, I flipped out in a good way about this movie. Okay, okay. I sat there through the whole thing smiling yeah. and staring. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't, I don't think I've enjoyed a movie that much since The Matrix in 1999. Wow. I'm not saying wow. it's as good as that or as profound as that. It's enjoyed. But I enjoyed it as much. And that's saying something because I'm really picky lately about yeah, movies. Yeah. So. yeah. We, we saw the movie together. And so it was funny kind of to see your, you know, kind of see your reactions throughout the movie. Mm hmm. Which I appreciate this because my enjoyment of a movie actually can be pretty unfortunately impacted by like how people are around enjoying you. it. Yeah, around me. You living. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not that. It's just I really can feel people's. I, I'm I'm very perceptive, so I can feel people's whatever they're dealing with or whatever they're thinking, kind of thing. And so I'm an empath. Okay, Captain. So anyway, <laughs> when somebody near me is really enjoying the movie, then my experience tends to go up, and I don't even really realize it until after the movie. That, yeah, that hey, that sense. person had a really good time. Or if the person's not enjoying it, I kind of feel like this. Oh, I don't know if I should enjoy the movie or not. You know, it's weird. But anyway, and then at the end, I just like, <laughs> you were so giddy, dude. It was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, wow, was I think fantastic. Tony liked this one. Yeah, I was very happy with that. What yeah. What about seven? What do you think, seven? Oh, I, again, it's Uh-oh. just the, the awesome culmination of everything <laughs> that put together in the movies. It's not the movie itself that's made it awesome. It's everything else that has brought us for the full journey and the full cycle. That's made it this great. I, I, I think that, it, yeah, like you said, it was not as earth shattering or life changing as like maybe the first matrix movie, 
I was listening back to uh, episode 86 with uh, Bad Kitty, and he was talking about the stories and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, the Netflix Marvel stuff is dark and gritty and, and, and real at that sense. But now we're finally dealing with some of the realities that we get in the greater Marvel universe. The good thing about this is we actually finally get to see more of what makes these people heroes and how they handle the, the difficulties and everything else like that. So it's, yeah. it's been a long journey, and I'm, I'm looking forward to more of it. Yeah, and the, the ending was just wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so let's actually like spoil the retarget now. The reason why I thought this movie was particularly great was because of the nuance in the villain. Like, like I kind of mentioned this already, but Thanos, for example, the scene with Gamora when she dies, most of us weren't thinking about the whole, oh, Gamora died. We were more thinking about like, holy cow, that means Thanos actually did care about someone if he was able right. to get the soul stone. Yeah. Right? So that was like the major thing that mattered to us. Yeah, um, he was a really complex villain. Uh, yes. He wasn't just a straight up villain, you know. Like yeah. a, he wasn't just psycho evil. He was like, uh, I'm not sure if I should root for him or hate of, him. Yeah, yeah. He had a lot of depth yeah. to him. Yeah, I actually like kind of the whole time was like, you know what? I'm kind of on Thanos' side on this one. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's like, like I don't know what I was going to get at. <laughs> yeah, the only reason I do think that he does fall into villain zone is that he doesn't have real proof that his answer is the answer to things. Right. Like he doesn't have proof that yeah. the universe is truly going to collapse unless mm-hmm. he does this. So that I think he got too sucked in by his passion and like his background from his planet dying that he thought that this is now the solution for everything. And I think in that regard, that is quote, wrong, but his like base reason for things like him wanting to make sure that the universe doesn't go away I can appreciate, and I don't think he's a villain in that sense. <laughs> well put. Really well yeah, put. I agree. I could not have said that better, and I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I found myself really empathizing with Thanos's whole mission and thinking, no, we could use our own Thanos, you know, that type of thing. But, yeah. they, they, but, but if you say that, you, you kind of sound like an a-hole because... You know, well, how would you like it, person talking to me? How how would you like it if, uh, or you know, half of you are dead? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how would I like it? I should say, Brian's if, gone. If half my family yeah. died all of yeah. a sudden, wouldn't that suck? Well, of course it right. would. But if it was for the betterment of the human race, and it meant that our species wouldn't destroy the planet as quickly as we are right now, et cetera, et cetera, then. In the end, I mean, generations from now, they might thank Thanos for doing something like that. But you know, you like could, he said, you could compare him to Hitler, who said pretty well, much yeah, the same Hitler, thing. No, Hitler, but Hitler, no, Hitler was Hitler like focused on one group of people, yeah. and that was wrong. Well, Thanos sure, was but like in, indiscriminate. Thanos yeah. was like, I don't know. I understand who, but that, but in, in Hitler's mind, it was all about we have to basically kill off these quote infidels, essentially, to uh, different pre- preserve no, the human no. race for the betterment of everyone. No. Nope, yeah. I am not comparing Thanos to Hitler. No, not at all. I, I, I think it's very I find similar. it a different situation. I find it a completely different situation. It's mm. it's a hundred percent indiscriminate, which is hundred eighty degrees from what Hitler and and other right. people have right. like, done in the past. Thanos actually sacrificed in order to do this better good, whereas Hitler was like, "Nope, I think that these people are better versus these people." Like, who is Hitler? Exactly. <laughs> Since we're talking about Hitler, like, who gave him <laughs> the right to like decide who is good or who is bad or who should stay or who should go? Thanos exactly. was like, "I don't think I have that right. I'm not going to decide. All I think is that we need to make sure there's balance in the world." That's a huge difference. Yes, okay, but it's I still agree. the difference of I'm I'm choosing the power to basically kill off half the people. So he's still right. making the decision so, to do it, regardless of whether right. he's it, discriminant or not. You're right. It is. Right. It's, it's a it's a wonderful little bit of uh, 
controversy and it's it, yeah. it's really cool. <laughs> right. So all this like Thanos fine, is he a god, is he not aside, like there's a question of now what's going to happen with the folks who did die, who didn't die, right? Because there's this either like the soul stone in the comics that there's this idea that people who are like vanished away via soul stone go into another dimension, which some have hypothesized that might have been where Thanos was when he sees baby Gamora, and that's maybe where the other people are who like did vanish, and maybe mm. they'll just have a whole separate universe, and you'll have like two universes now that MCU can do things with. That's probably not gonna happen. I think that's a little too, too... Or maybe it'll start out that way and then it'll yeah. it'll remerge yeah. in the next movie. Right. And another little bit that you should know from the comics is that the Soul Stone disappearing people can be reversed again so mm-hmm. we can't have everybody come back so that that is definitely another way that it can be retconned and everyone's fixed um i thought it was very interesting to know the choices that mcu made in terms of who to disappear and who's not pretty much all of guardians of the galaxy is gone right except for rocket for rocket yeah yeah but we know that Guardians of the Galaxy has another movie coming forward. So either they're going to happen to this other universe or they're going to come back or something. But we know oh. that that's happened. And then, like, most of the original Avengers has stayed. Did Captain America stay? Um, Iron Man stayed. Yeah, Captain yeah, America, Black Widow. Stayed. Black Widow, all the others. Yeah. I can't think of anybody who didn't stay. So I'm going to go see it again on Friday with my wife. So. Oh, well, you have to tell uh-huh. us again. Question about, like, what's going to go, what's going forward? Because us taking ourselves out of the MCU world. We can be like, okay, well, we know it's going to be okay because we have this movie coming up for it. So a little bit of trying to figure out what's going to happen. Yeah. It's all tons of fun. Oh, tons of fun. I wonder what is going to happen with this Disney trying to do a hostile takeover of Fox. Like, are we going to get combinations <laughs> of everything? It's going to be phenomenal. Good question. <laughs> that would be I didn't even know about that. <laughs> yeah, basically Disney is like trying to, so Fox won't. Obviously, doesn't want Disney to buy them, but I think Disney is trying to like buy shares of Fox, like public shares, so uh, Fox can't do anything about that. Become a majority owner. Yeah, I think that's what's going on. I could be wrong, but last I had read, that was what was happening. Ah, uh, so. interesting. The upside for that is that Disney will get access back to the Fantastic Four, and then they yeah. can try and, and remake it a third time. Oh, jeez. It's not the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but it's like the League of something where it's all the super duper smart people come together and they're like, okay, it's about time that we came together. Like, I know it's Tony Stark, Doctor Strange, one of the Fantastic Four people that I can never remember his name, but they're all like the super duper smart people. Mm-hmm. Known as the Illuminati in the Thank moment. you, the Illuminati. <laughs> I couldn't remember, so thank you so much. Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah speaking of Doctor Strange, Cumberbatch did such a good job with that character. Oh, I, I just love Cumberbatch. Did you guys hear it recently? He said he's not going to accept any roles unless his female co-star also gets paid the same as him. Oh wow, awesome. good for him! Yeah. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. sweet. Yeah, so yeah, that's great. Cool. Good. Um, but no, he did a phenomenal job. The question now is, did he make it so that it happened the way it needed to happen? Did he do? Well, I, yeah. think, I think the answer is. Fairly obvious, or else the I, franchise. Yes. Well, so is. hold on. So seven, you you were talking last week about the one time. Oh yeah. Rule basically discuss this time rule, and let's pull this into the discussion because there is because I didn't catch it. Yeah. Uh, what was happening with the ancient one in the original Doctor Strange movie is, as she was using the stone and everything like that, looking forward in the future, she, there was that one point she couldn't see past ever, and oh. that was her definitive death. Dr. Strange was using the stone to do the same thing. He was trying to look forward into the future to find all these other options. And he saw those like millions of different versions of what the actual possible end could be for one thing or another. After that, 
he only saw the one win, the only option where he, he knew something that Tony Stark didn't know. And in that one, he knew that his actual definitive death would not come till after Oh. after whatever comes in the future is fixes it. And he comes back to life with the time stone. Cause the time stone can see everything for every possible time possibility. And he saw in that timeline, this is the only thing that we can do. He knew that was the option. That was the one yeah. thing he knew he was, he was relying on what we know of Thanos that makes him a, a very complex character, which is his compassion. Well, that's most likely to be the one thing that will be his, allowed him to do what he needed to do, but it'll also allow him to be defeated because he gave up his daughter in the process. And as a complex character, you're like, wow, that was something that just doesn't make this guy a one-sided villain. It's like, we're going to see what's going to happen in the future to deal with that in the the movie the next time around. That's one of the things that we didn't get in the comics, but finally being able to see it on the screen through an excellent actor and good storytelling is going to be one of those things that are like, wow, comic books are very good storytelling. This isn't just kids stuff. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. give the authors and, and the artists and everybody else, the creative ability to tell a good story, they're going to give you something very good all the time. So yeah. How do people feel about star Lord not being able to hold it in for like two more seconds because they almost got the gauntlet <laughs> off. Like, I just want to like punch star Lord. <laughs> Calm down. They almost got it off, and then he got it back on. And I know that this probably has to be part of that timeline, but at the same time, I just kind of still hate Star-Lord. That's another thing about this Avengers movie is that, you know, it pulled all those different franchises together. And I thought, in my opinion, the Guardians were way better in all respects in this movie than either of their two individual movies. And they weren't, I mean, it wasn't focused on them solely, but I thought that the writing and the acting was better in this film than in either of the other two movies for them. Yep. I don't know. To be fair, like I super enjoy the pastiche and the sign of the lightheartedness that the other Guardians movies have, and now you stuck them in a very serious situation. I felt like some other jokes were just sort of too forced in this particular movie in, in regards to like what everything else that was surrounding them. So I didn't oh. I didn't love them as much actually in this oh, movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, we were talking earlier about who's the useless, the most useless superhero in the movie. <laughs> Did you ever come up with who that was? I felt that it was Drax. It wasn't his his personality or who he was as a person that, that made him useful. It was just his combat ability. Yeah, and he distracted he, Thanos quite a bit. So Yeah. Yeah, it was for for me as a viewer, it was uh his comedy and for combat he he was just really good at handling like that. Yeah. For me, there were just too many forced jokes using Drax, I think. Drax was just made into a caricature of a thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, it's arguable. Uh, one one answer, arguable answer, is that the Hulk was the most useless Avenger because he never yeah. actually showed up. Technically, uh, yeah, so Bruce Banner, Banner was there the whole time, but the Hulk never really. Yeah, he he kept trying to bring him out, and he wouldn't come out. He, he was got, a metaphor for Ed, but like, why? Because Thanos beat him, and so Hulk had never really been beat, really. So he's like, I don't want to come back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, which kind of makes sense, but still. The Hulk was actually fearful of something, and that's something in itself that when you think about it, what can scare the Hulk? Yeah, that's something to be afraid of. Okay. So without that in there, if the Hulk doesn't want to show and it lets Banner do what he's doing, the Hulk is actually weaker than Banner because Banner still stands up and fights. Right. With the the help of Iron Man's uh, Hulkbuster suit, he still does it out of his pure motivation as a person, whereas Hulk 
is, is, is different in that way. And it's just, it's more selfish and prideful that way for the Hulk. You know, and you could argue based on what you said, star Lord being completely useless too. I mean, I I can't even think of anything that he really contributed for the most part. Except for just like almost, except for screwing everything up. Yeah. (laughs) But he was there. I would argue that the most useless Avenger was Ant-Man because he wasn't even there. (laughs) Yeah, but he wasn't Ah. even there. I always say Hawkeye because Hawkeye is nothing like that. He also wasn't in the movie. So those two, I would say, are the answer. Well, but okay. So here's something interesting coming right off Black Panther. You know, everybody loved Black Panther and oh my gosh, this is amazing. He kind of sucked in this movie. I mean, at the end of Black Panther, he's like superhuman and he's kicking butt, right? Well, what happened to all that amazing power? He couldn't even keep three dogs off him. I didn't even notice that. See, I was I was going to say just like Guardians, in my opinion, again, I thought that the Black Panther portion of this movie was better than the Black Panther movie. Well, the portion was good, but he himself contributed nothing, surprisingly. True. He wasn't as he wasn't as dominating as like in Civil War or in his own movie. You're oh, right. yeah. Yet the thing that made him valuable was not his own individual skills but the effect of his leadership and the way True. that he was able to ah. call out other people that were once his enemy or not willing to cooperate with him, he was able to motivate them to come and stand alongside them. True. Knowingly facing yeah. death and fighting to save the world. What you're saying there. And then also with Bruce Banner, here are two people who are being heroes, not with their superpowers, but with their leadership and their perseverance and stuff like that. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, honestly, back Black Panther is is kind of on par with like the Marvel Knights characters from the the Marvel Netflix shows. He's he's he can handle a lot of other human level villains easily, but when you're talking about more superpowered stuff like that, he really doesn't have a lot to go with except for his vibranium of suit and claws and stuff like that. And then he had just has to rely on his agility and everything else like that. So in a certain way, Black Panther is almost like Captain America. He's a, he's a hero at heart, but the only thing that makes both of them heroes is the, the super serial soldier serum and the shield. And then, and then also for, for Black Panther, it's the vibranium gear and everything else that he's got to back himself up like a, a la Bruce Wayne or, or Tony Stark style. If we want to talk about somebody who's severely underpowered, we can talk about Black Widow too. Yeah. Like, I don't see how... She keeps up with anybody. I don't. I don't I understand how she's able to be in these superhero fights when she has no superhero powers except for like being trained as a Russian spy or something. She's, like, she's <laughs> super. She's super dex, dexterous and uh, how, very skilled as a fighter. But you're right. She <laughs> she shouldn't be able to stand toe to toe with Iron Man or the Hulk or Captain America as far as taking a beating. Yeah, you know right. what I mean. Yeah, she should be as human <laughs> as the rest of us. Yes. She's got some pretty fantastic gear, and that's one of the other things that she's got going for her too. Both, both what her gear does and she have? those taser sticks and everything else like that. Oh, she's taser sticks! That. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I, I, think what I think what we're getting at is you have to take some of these characters with a giant lump of salt. But yeah. I feel like the writers, <laughs> the writers, and the director, and all the people who were involved in making this movie really did a good job of helping you look the other way yeah. about those yeah. details. Yes. <laughs> they did sure. such a good job of writing this movie. And I'm a huge critic of how movies are written these days because I yes. just don't think that they, I, I think, I don't think that they put as much thought in the sci-fi fantasy genres. I don't think they put as much thought into them as they used to. And this is a huge exception to that. Agreed. Yes. When Thor regained his power, you know, with the new axe, <laughs> that was so cool for me. You know, I love that Peter Dinklage played a 
gigantic person. <laughs> yes, that was so awesome. Oh, that yeah. was so cool. Yeah. That, that was so good. Thing. Yeah. That whole scene uh, actually was one of my favorites in the whole movie. You know, oh. one thing I noticed about Thanos right out the gate that I started to get a little perturbed about, but quickly reversed my, my position while I was watching it. I would have thought that Thanos, of all characters, would have a booming, deep, godlike voice. But he has yeah. a very human voice. <laughs> and I'm like, why, do, why are they making Thanos sound so human? And yeah. then it hit me. Yes. As the movie kept going, well, of course that makes so much, that humanizes him yeah. and makes it so that he's not just this stereotypical, invincible, holy evil person that he has that that's just part of the depth of him. Yeah, that that was really that was really cool. Yeah, this is did anyone process. just watch Josh Brolin on? So Josh Brolin is who plays uh, Thanos, and he was just on John Stewart's show, and they're yeah. actually talking about him. They asked him like, "How do you?" figure out a voice for somebody like Thanos. Well, you know, I really couldn't do Valley Girl, and he tries to do, like, a Valley Girl accent, and he does, like, a, a gay man lips lisp and all these things. <laughs> <laughs> it was just hilarious, him going through, like, different voices of possible Thanos. Oh, I need to check that out. Yeah. That sounds good. Can we also talk about how screwed up it is? Poor Scarlet Witch. Oh, Scarlet, Scarlet Witch. Witch. Yeah. Like, she's forced to pretty much kill her lover, and then some retcons it, and then she's, like, grieving for the fact that she killed him, and then Thanos goes and kills him anyway. Like, uh, right. I'm a little glad that she got disappeared away in the Thanos death wave because living with that, oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, yeah, she I saw like her brother her. die in Avengers 2. Yep. Quicksilver there. She mm-hmm. saw Vision die twice. And it does significantly mess with her. In, one of, in the comics, she goes and does something that completely changes the entire world as we know it. She ah. aka pulls a Thanos, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> She does more than that. She literally changes the entire universe. Isn't the Scarlet Witch arguably the most powerful character in the MCU? She's like one of those people that's like, can we just throw every power on her? Why not? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like you don't really know what her power is, except for changing the energy of the universe, whatever the heck that means. (laughs) Hey, side note, though, you know how we were kind of complaining about the soundtrack on Ready Player One? Yes. Yes. So it's Alan Silvestri, who also did Avengers. So he did Ready Player One and Avengers. They both came out within, well, let's put it this way. He had to work on them probably around the same time. So you could tell because Avengers, the soundtrack was amazing. Yes. You could tell he put all of his work and his time into this movie. And that's why I'm pretty sure that's why Ready Player One kind of sucks musically. And I wish I wish there was uh, a an interview out there with him asking that question you know did yeah. you just throw it in with ready player one would he agree with that or would he in, oh, would he of course he's not insist that's that. not the case of or course. would he say yeah you know i i really was focused on avengers and so i don't know if i put my best foot in the game on ready player one he's never gonna admit that. that are you kidding hey, well you never know you never know it would be interesting to get inside Ooh. his head on that so maybe years down the road to, he might i have something to say to you alan Silvestri, can you please like give people actual musical lines that we recognize and know? Like the DC, we've said this before, but the DC universe does a great job of giving people their the anthem that we know. Oh yeah, when we hear it, it's that person. But yeah. like in the Marvel universe, I could not tell you that at all. I picked up on it a little bit in this movie. It was definitely more subtle, but no, for all of the different people, like when Captain America really? shows up, you know, and, and when like the Guardians showed up and yeah, so, when the yeah. Guardians show up, there's some, there's some good classic rock going on. No, but stuff. I mean, no, even soundtrack wise, that's different than like giving each character a, a musical line and I'm talking like their the, theme. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A it did theme. show up, but it was very subtle. 
Okay, what is like sure? What is Star Lord's musical theme? Well, I don't. Can you have it for me? No, I. That's the problem is I don't know any of them by heart. The only one I can think of is the actual Avengers theme because that one's very, very in your face. I can't yes. even think that's of Captain problem. America's theme, but I when I hear it, I go, "Oh yeah, that sounds like Captain America." But you're right. But like with Wonder oh. Woman, I know exactly what that is. Da, 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 da. Yep, but that's Hans Zimmer, <laughs> right? So. I just want to bring this up. You get to see the new, the full solo trailer at Avengers and wow, does that look good? And that's coming out this next week. Yeah. I think that that's going to be even better than rogue one, which I thought was a hundred thousand times better than episode seven and eight. So wow. I'm really looking forward to see. So go see Avengers. Highly recommend it. Really do. There's so much more we could talk about it, but we shouldn't. I've already spoiled it. We've probably spoiled comics for you guys at this point too, so we apologize. It was no, it's but, good uh, though. It's really interesting. Yeah. So we warned you. I want to say that I finished Cobra Kai. Amazing, absolutely amazing, and it is fun. By the way, I would recommend this if you've either never seen the original Karate Kid or it's been so long that you can't remember it. Go watch the first Karate Kid movie and then watch like the first five to ten minutes of Karate Kid Part Two basically up until where it says six months later and you'll know what I'm talking about. You will get a clear understanding as to now you can watch Cobra Kai and you'll understand all of how this all kind of ties together, but it was so well done. So interesting. Same kind of thing where, you know, in the original karate kid, you know, Johnny is the villain. Yeah. And in this show, he's no longer the villain, but then again, he is, but Daniel's the villain, but then again, he's not. And then all of a sudden you've got all of these like students that are they the villain or not? Who am I supposed to be rooting for? And by the end, I'm like, I actually don't know who I'm supposed to be rooting for anymore, (laughs) which in one way I kind of go I don't know if I like that because you, you know, you want to get attached to someone and root for somebody. But on the other hand, I thought that's brilliant. This is really fascinating. So amazing. I can't wait till it comes out on DVD. Oh, well, that could be like six years from now. So, no, not, not the way things are going these days. You can watch the first two episodes for free on YouTube. Oh, well, then I might do that. Yep. I have another thing to bring up, too, hailing back to like a way past episode. So we talked about how much I loved Ready Player One as a book, but I had issues with like the implementation of it and the scientific part. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. recommended to me Awaken Online. Yes. I have read all three books out there for oh my gosh uh-huh, all three of them. wow um there's the two main ones and then there's a third one from riley's perspective which i just started by the way yeah. just today i started the third book so now you guys oh. are ahead of me so don't spoil but what do you, what do you think what do you think basically awesome i might yeah. like it a little bit more than ready player one because it, wow like the sciencey parts behind it make yeah. more sense. I will say Ready Player One is more dramatic and like more flash and like whatever. But yeah. like I really did enjoy Awaken Online. That's um, awesome. I wouldn't. I my, for myself, I wouldn't put it above uh, Ready Player One, the the book by any means. But I'm I am so thrilled with Awaken Online, the mm-hmm. first two books. I love them, and I cannot wait for the for the third main book to come out. Uh, it was supposed to come out the first quarter this year, he said, but apparently he's delayed. So I'm hoping for the next couple months. But he's clearly an MMO enthusiast, yeah. Because it's basically an M- it's a it's a novelized MMO. It's pretty cool. I was listening to it with my partner, and the whole time he's like, "This is all literally what happened in World of Warcraft." Yes. Like he's like, "Oh, this character is going to come about." Oh yeah, there you go. And it's yep. that character in World of Warcraft, and yep. he's like, oh, oh, yeah, "We totally had those fights." Oh, oh, that's what happened there. Yep. Yeah. All right, so I want to play feedback here from the Wraith. You remember when we were talking about the should I versus could I yeah. conversation? Oh, yes. 
he had some feedback to this. Hey, Brian, Mark Decote here from Ontario, Canada. I was listening to your recent episode where you, Sheer Terror, and Captain Influence talked about the differences between using could versus should. And this got me thinking of something that I learned many years ago that I still use to this day. You see, my son was born 22 years ago. And at that time, somebody gave my wife a copy of a book by Barbara Colarosso called Kids Are Worth It. Now, Colarosso is an authority on everything parenting, bullying, and basically anything to do with child rearing. And of course, being a new father and not knowing anything about parenting, I decided to read the book. Now, even though my son was a newborn, I read the entire book, including the section on dealing with teenagers. And in her book, Colorosso goes over the difficulty of getting teens to do stuff that you ask them. And she had a super simple solution that actually gets teens off their butts and gets them to do the things you're asking them to do. And the best part is, is, and she actually says this in her book, is that this method doesn't only work with teens, it works with people of all ages. So what's the solution? All you need to do is replace the words could and can with would and will when you ask somebody to do something. The thing is, is when you ask somebody, can you do this or could you do that? What you're actually doing is questioning their capabilities. If you ask somebody, can you take this box downstairs? What you're actually doing is asking them, are you capable of taking this box downstairs? And subconsciously, whoever you're asking resents you for questioning those capabilities. And that makes them much more reluctant to actually follow through with whatever it is you're asking them to do. See, in their heads, they could be thinking something like, sure, I can take the box downstairs, but I'm resenting you for asking if I can. And since I really don't want to, I won't. Now, of course, if you pair this with a stubborn teenager, like she talks about in her book, well, then it just leads to headbutting and a lot of trouble between the two of you. However, what Colorado says is if you change your question the way you ask to say, would you take this box downstairs? You're no longer questioning their capabilities. Instead, you're appealing to their morals. You need help. And they know that helping you is the right thing to do. And if they don't help you, that responsibility is entirely on them. And since subconsciously they don't want to be seen as a failure, they don't want you to look down upon them for not helping out when you asked for help. So what do they do? They take the box downstairs. Now, let me tell you, ever since I read that part of Colorado's book, I've used this on my kids, on friends, on coworkers, on clients, on just about everybody. And I can tell you that the results are amazing. Anytime I have asked somebody, would you do something? There's almost a 100% follow through on it. And all it takes is changing the way you talk to people, the way you ask questions from could you or can you to would you or will you? Let me tell you, Brian, it's almost like having a mind control superpower. (laughs) So I thought you and your listeners would enjoy that. Anyways, keep up the great work on the podcast. I look forward to it every Friday morning. Wow. That's, Sweet. That's, that's really, really cool. interesting. Take yeah. a shot. First of all, Would, his recording was fantastic. Oh, like, that's, he, should, yeah. he should always be on it. He, like have a regular speaking. segment. Yeah. Well, but his speaking ability <laughs> was phenomenal. He's that. got his own show and a very, he's, it's got almost the exact same setup I do, I think. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that, I know. Doesn't this, he sound great? But yeah. didn't Col- Colorado wrote that book a few decades ago now, right? So yes. how would that, how would that work with, would you please put your phone down? me it would be the same as saying would you please stop breathing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. can or would in that situation wouldn't change anything i think that's not, that's not <laughs> yeah. the conversation we're having for that one but it's a good point that he makes yeah yeah very very good that's really cool and i think that's a really great way of asking it and, and also the only thing that i would say is don't abuse that because i think if you're constantly asking somebody will you or would you 
you know, that can go from, I don't know if it's like an influence or, or just a request to now you're learning how to sort of manipulate somebody. If you take advantage of that and keep asking that person to make them feel bad. Just make sure your kids don't read the book. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, gosh. I would say his, this point on will you and you is 100%, but not 100%, 90% of the time, absolutely what you should be doing. The yes. few times where I'll say can you is, is important is when you're in a stressful situation. For example, if you're like in an emergency disaster situation or you need to get bystanders to help hold a wound or put on a tourniquet or something, you need to like actually know if they have the sure. capabilities of doing it. In that case, you say, can you do this or are you comfortable doing this? Yes. But by and large, when it's not an emergency, absolutely you should use will or would. Agreed. So even, I agree with that. Even when we're playing basketball, you know, somebody rolls their ankle or, you know, gets hit or whatever you know, and they're on the ground for a few minutes. Yeah. You're not saying, Hey, will you join us? You're saying, are you okay to keep going? Don't push it. Don't hurt yourself. Like you said, just a very much a, a more of an emergency type moment versus a normal day-to-day thing. Right. Thank you. We'll use it in our lives. Yeah. You know, going along with that. And I heard this, it's so funny. You know, you hear these things throughout your life and then somebody presents it in a different way that it just clicks. I've always heard it like secondhand learning or secondhand mentorship or, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's a person's responsibility, you know, to, to coach and mentor others, right? And blah, blah, blah. They should, <laughs> which doesn't work. So anyway, I heard this great statement and it was find someone that you can learn from, not necessarily be a mentor. Don't ask them to be a mentor, but you can learn from this person passively, right? That is where you want to be or doing what you want to do sort of thing. And then learn everything that you can from that person, study them. So for example, you may say, Anna, like I want to learn from this doctor who's whatever, like cutting edge, amazing. Like I really look up to this person, but you may not have an opportunity to be mentored by this person and you may not even have an opportunity to even talk with this person. So how can you learn from that person based on what they've produced? You know, maybe they put out content with stuff or books or whatever. You can read that. You can follow them. You can study them and you can figure out what they did to get to the place they got to without possibly even having any actual face-to-face conversation. Or they'll say, you go to a conference, somebody's up speaking, and then they'll say, anyone have any questions? And most of the time, people don't ask questions, ironically, but this is your chance, like, ask questions. So I thought that was kind of cool because I feel like there's a huge pressure. I don't know if you guys feel this or not, but I felt this in, in my career and also just in, in general. There's a huge pressure to feel like you need to be mentored or coached by someone. Or uh, maybe you're in a place where you quote, should be mentoring or coaching somebody. And there's this pressure there. And so I think it, in my opinion, it takes some of the pressure out of the equation. If you're not actually trying to find someone to do this for you, you're just saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to learn from this person over here. I'm going to see how they did it, learn everything I can, and then move on and apply it. Oh, wow. There's a lot to go with that. If you have to rely on other people to mentor you or do something else like that, then it's, it's very dangerous in the sense that you're going to be surrendering a lot of your own individuality and innovation and you're going to be relying on them and they're going to be telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. So you've got to find balance where you've got someone that can actually bring some input into your life as opposed to them trying to manipulate or direct you in a way that's not you. Yeah, good and point. That's a good point. This goes to with one of the other comments I've got about of one of the other topics we've got today is it's wisdom is not knowing what to say but when mm-hmm. to say it. And the thing is, is you can have someone there in your life that either by choice or not by choice, it's trying to share something with you. You might not be in a place where you can receive it, or they might not be delivering at a time when you're able to hear it or 
again, the choice of words to be there for it. So it's just like, yeah, that's the thing with the course of life is we go through life. Like you say, it takes a while. Sometimes, oh, we hear it from a different perspective or something like that. And then it clicks and then we're excited about it. And then, wow, it helps us grow as a person. You need to have an attitude about yourself that you're confident enough, have enough self-esteem and strengthen yourself as a person that you can be open to hearing this when the time's right. And even if someone comes to you with something harsh, you still need to kind of take a step back and say, okay, well, I can listen to this after the fact and think about it. And you can come back later and say, you know, they, they might've had something to say. It doesn't make sense to me now. I might get it later or, Hey, I, I learned that lesson 20 years ago type of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's different as far as for the way that we handle things with, with mentors and just the way that we approach things in life with our own attitude about stuff. Agreed. Something you hear about in like higher education is this whole self-directed learning thing. And I think the biggest thing after going to medical school, I think it's important in whatever field you go into to have a good base. And in that case, you do want to be taught, mentored or whatnot. And then after that, you have to have lifelong learning. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's kind of a mix of things where when people are saying, oh, I need a mentor, I need something that might be them trying to say, I have no idea where to go from this or nowhere to even start. I don't even know what resources to look at. Then like those are people that do need some mentoring or need some teaching. And then after that, then it's up to you to kind of go forward and figure out what you need to make happen. Um, So I think there's a time and a place for mentoring or no mentoring. Absolutely. You're right. This will be a whole nother episode, but I actually have a few thoughts about the term should. And in fact, I absolutely hate the term should in (laughs) all vocabulary. I know. Um, I know. And no, like talking about it with, especially with folks who are, you know, maybe type A or surrounded by us, uh, surrounded by other type A folks. And then talking with like psychiatrists and whatnot. Anyway, We'll talk about it at some other time, okay. but there is a lot of toxicity in the term should. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. So, yes. Yeah, there really is. And I, I've been a recipient of it. Sounds like you have too. Yes. Colorado really getting In-N-Out Burger and yes. where is it going to be? Colorado oh. Springs. They are building an In-N-Out Burger there and they're also building a distribution Ooh. center down in Colorado Springs so that they can... They can spread north. Yes. Okay, yes. good. Because that does not benefit either of us. Any any of us three minus mango if it's in Colorado Springs. I can well, walk to an in and out. So but yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> but the cool thing is, I like Freddy's better than In and Out, and there's plenty of Freddy's in Fort Collins and and oh, that area. So I've and never had fine. Freddy's. Oh, it's good. Okay, I've had In and Out Burger. Finally, I went to one in Tucson, and it was great. But I like Freddy's better. It's been overhyped. That's the problem with all much of these things. So it's okay. Don't worry about it. But what it hasn't been overhyped in is, I guess, according to a, a friend of mine who knows about their business model, they really treat their employees really well and give them all these benefits and stuff, I guess. Oh, so, that's good. I guess they're they're unusual in terms of a fast food restaurant in that regard, and that's part of what makes them stand out, supposedly. Love it. All right. You know what the music means? Mango Droplet, Captain Influence, and 7Blue7, Seven Seven, thank you all very much for joining me. This has been fun. All right, and make sure to go to realbryanshow.com. Got links in there you can check out. You can also find out find out whether or not, you know, Thanos killed you or if you survived. Have a wonderful weekend and week. See you next time. The Real Brian Show signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.